Hello, Life Tree. Welcome to Rooted Sunday, Youth Sunday. And in the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about wisdom versus foolishness and how the world presents things that pretend to be wisdom, but in actuality, they're foolish. And so today, we're going to talk about how the world tells us to present ourselves in a certain way if we want to be successful. The problem is, Sometimes, that's not who we really are. In simple terms, the world tells us that the best thing to do to get a, is to get people to like us, even if we have to be fake. So let me just explain with an example. I bet there's probably been a time where you needed to impress someone. You wanted to impress this person to get something you wanted. So let's say a job offer. You wanted to impress the interviewer by showing them your skills. But sometimes, you will over-exaggerate your skill set, otherwise known as lying. So saying you were fluent in Spanish, when in reality you only took one year of the class and you did Duolingo. Another example would be acting different on social media than in the real world to gain attention. And so you said you were something that you are not, because you knew if you said that, you would get what you want. But we know that's not right. Being a fake person may help you get what you want, but it comes at a cost of our soul. Let's, let's define being fake. So according to the Merriam-Webster dictionary, it's being not true, real, or genuine. It's just outright deception. So in the Bible, Jacob was someone who felt pressure to be what he wasn't. He pretended to be his brother to steal the blessing from his father. He lied to kings about his wife, saying she was his sister because he was afraid of what they'd do if they found out the truth. Literally, Jacob's, the meaning of his name is deceiver. And so the result in his life was that there was a lot of pain and regret for not being truthful, such as his brother wanting to kill him. He felt as though there was constant attack on him. And so in our own lives, we can feel pressure to pretend that we're something we're not. This is especially hard for kids as we want to be in the popular crowd, and some would do anything to do so, like completely changing their personality. If only they could hang out with so-and-so, do this and that, go to parties, and do all this, right? And all they have to do is just not be themselves. But there's a cost of being fake. When we do that, we don't feel good about ourselves. We aren't being sincere. Being fake isn't something enjoyable. We might, may like the feeling of being included, but at what cost? We're not, being, we're not very good at being what we're not as well. For example, you're, let's say, a shy person acting energetic to just try and be with a certain group of people. It would be exhausting trying to be that day after day. It's impossible to continue that way forever. We don't get to, another thing is that we don't get to freely live as the people God made us to be. God created you to be the person that you are for a reason. And you want to change that just because somebody else said so, not even yourself. God has a purpose for your life, and it's most definitely better than anything we could come up with. And last thing is that it gives other people power over ourselves to control our behavior. So your personality is going to be completely dictated by the people around you, not by yourself. And that will never be fulfilling. And so, just to pose a question, if being fake is foolish, 
what does wisdom look like? And so now I want to introduce Lucas Serenis to come up and talk about that. Thank you, Levi. Now we're going to look at what the wisdom of God looks like. Wisdom means divine advice that leads you to the best outcomes. And why do we want wisdom? We want the best outcomes in our life. So as Levi helped us to see, pretending to be someone you're not is foolish, and it leads us nowhere good. So today we're going to look at the wisdom of God. Let's read James chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. The wisdom, of, the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. In James chapter 3, it also says that the wisdom of God is always sincere. Each week, Pastor Dan has brought a characteristic of wisdom, of God's wisdom. And this week is sincerity. If God's wisdom is sincere, then he himself is sincere too. So the main point is really that God will always be sincere. This means that God will be real with you. God is never fake. Here's an example from a story in the Bible. When Jesus rode into Jerusalem, they wanted him to be a military leader because they wanted him to help them free them from the, Ro from the Romans. That's not who Jesus was. He chose to ride in on a donkey because he was a peaceful king. He didn't come to change the government. He came to change their hearts. So for us, that means we can trust who Jesus presented himself as and who he really was. We can, treat, we can trust Jesus to be real. He won't try to lead you in the wrong direction or try to get, do, to get you to do something you shouldn't. He will always be real with you. If we don't trust God, we're never sure if his advice is good or not. Some people are worried that God will fake him out because he wants something from them. He won't do this. So here's a real-life example. When I play soccer and I'm dribbling down the field, there are defenders that have to get past. I can do a series of skill moves to fake the defender out. I'm going to go in one direction, but in reality, I'm going in the other to fake the defender out. I'm going to call my brother up here, Chase, to help demonstrate this. So Chase is the defender. Now I'm going to do a scissor. So if I was just dribbling normally, Chase would stop me because he knows I'm trying to go that way. But I'm going to fake to go this way by stepping over the ball, and Chase thinks I'm going this way. And I fake them that way, and I go this way. God won't fake you. Thank you, Chase. So God will never try and fake you out. God will always be truthful and give you wisdom. God wants you to be with others also. He wants you to be real with others also. So one verse that stuck out to me that talks about this is, don't pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. Romans 12.9. And to me, loving people is going out of your way to care for family, friends, strangers, and most of all, people who are hard to love. Now Felicia is going to come up and tell us how to do that. Hello. Um, so the big question is, so what? What does this mean, and how do I apply this to my life? If God is telling us to not pretend to love others and to be real and actually love people, 
then we should actually do that, right? But it's not always that simple. Obviously, deep down in our hearts, we don't want to love everyone. We don't want to love that person that's annoying in school or that one person that just cut us off in the parking lot. I get it. It's hard. But God tells us in the Bible to really and truly love others. Don't be fake. If we want the wisdom from God, we need to act on it by always being sincere. It is so crucial that we don't just hear this and not change anything about the way that we love others. In James 1, 23 through 24, it says, For if you listen to the word and don't obey, it is like glancing at your face in a mirror. You see yourself, walk away, and forget what you look like. We need to actually apply this to our life and truly make more of an effort to love others sincerely. There is a metaphor called KISS that Pastor Dan often uses, and it stands for keep, improve, stop, and start. So keep being yourself in comfortable places. It's not like we are fake everywhere. There are places where we don't fake how we look or act. It's usually with our families or closest friends. So keep being yourself among the people who know you best. The next one is improve. Improve on being yourself outside of your comfort zone. Do not change how you look, act, or present to other people just because you want to, quote unquote, feel better about yourself and impress that one person. Remember that we are fearfully and wonderfully made by God and don't need to put on a face for people. Carry this mindset outside of your house and be sincere. Be yourself just like you are with the people that you love and feel comfortable with. The next one is stop. Stop pretending to like people. Actually love them like God says. Don't hate people and just pretend that you actually like them. Love the unlovable with God's help and stop trying to do it in your own power. Another thing is to stop asking yourself questions like, what will other people think? Or, I need to wear this, etc. Don't change yourself and try to impress others in order to fit in. It's not healthy and it's not what God wants us to do. And lastly, start. Start looking inside. Ask God to help you love people that are hard to love. We often think that certain people don't deserve to be loved, but need to remember that God has an immense love for everyone, and we should show that same love to others. It's difficult to love other people, but it's also hard to show yourself that same love. We always feel that we can improve ourselves, but God has made us in his image, and we are perfect the way we are. So we don't need to get plastic surgery or wear 10 pounds of makeup or put on a filter on a video so we look better. And I'm not preaching all this to tell you that you need to be better and that I'm just perfect and already real all the time because I often struggle with trying to be something I'm not. And this verse mentioning that the wisdom of God is always sincere is just a reminder to me that I have to work on myself too. And can I just encourage you? Don't be okay with people being fake because the, the kindest thing that you can do for someone else is to be real. Because the thing is that if you're real, then your friends will be real. And you won't have to feel like you're supposed to put on an act all of the time. Since the wisdom of God is always sincere, that means we should be striving to be sincere all the time. There is a story that Pastor Dan shared with me about animals that go to school. And the story goes that there was a school curriculum that consisted of swimming, running, flying, and climbing. The animals at the school were ducks, rabbits, squirrels, and eagles, and they all had to participate in every class. Here's what happened. 
The ducks were excellent in swimming, but barely passed flying. And all of them failed in running. In running, the rabbits started at the top of the class, but they did very badly in swimming. The squirrels were excellent in climbing and running, but failed in flying. And lastly, the eagles were fantastic at flying, but failed climbing and swimming class. The point of the story is to show that when the animals switched up their talents, they did terrible at the things that they weren't built for. They were all amazing at what they were made for, but diminished their own abilities at what they were good at to try and be better at the wrong things. We can relate this to our own lives. We often try to change ourselves, but that's not what we are made for. God wants us to be ourselves and be sincere. Be who you are and don't compare yourself to other people. When we are fake, things don't work out. These past few weeks, we've talked about the wisdom from above, so let's just refresh ourselves one more time with rereading James 3, 17 through 18. But the wisdom from above is first of all pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and the fruit of good deeds. It shows no favoritism and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of righteousness. And I'm going to give it to Anna. Wow, what a great job by our youth. Um, yeah, let's give them another hand. Uh, Pastor Dan guided them a little bit, but really they prepared that themselves, and I thought it was a timely and perfect message for where you guys are in your lives, and all of us are, um, so thank you for sharing. Uh, one thing I, I wanted to share with all of you as, as parents, as family, as church, uh, the, the verse that I, I often use with the Treehouse Kids leaders, and they have just heard it recently in our meeting, was um, the common one. Jesus said, let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. And he, bla he placed his hands on their heads and blessed them before he left. Um, one thing that I feel like is so important for all of us to know is, it, well, we need to ask ourselves the question, are we doing anything to, pre to prevent them to come to the kingdom of God? And um, as, as parents, you know, for me, I don't want to be the thing that goes in the way of my children knowing Jesus. And we know that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and the only thing that really matters, right, in the end of the day, at the end of our lives. Like, we need our children to know Christ. And um, so how can we pave the way for them? How can we allow them? So I, I encourage all of us to ask ourselves, are we, are we paving the way? Are we letting them come? Are we stopping them? Are we preventing them? And how can we guide them if we're not? Um, what can we do? We're not perfect. I'm not perfect. Oh, my goodness. Um, I fail all the time. But uh, I want to do my best to pave the way for them to know Christ because that's the greatest gift that we can give them. Uh, what's awesome is what you saw here today, right? Um, we have kids who love Jesus. And, uh, you know, I'm sure it started from parents, church, family. Once getting baptized, like it's it's pretty awesome what God's doing in the younger generation right now. I don't remember this in my life at the, that time of my life happening. I think something's happening now that is pretty awesome, and I see it all among our young people at camp and everything. God's doing something really awesome right now because He's equipping them for what's to come in their lives, and He's He's preparing them, and they and He put them here for such a time as this. And 
we can have hope. Like, you don't have to go, oh, our kids, I don't want to have children. And it's, and it's sad that, that we feel that way. God is bigger than, than all of that. God created all of this, and he, and he has a plan and purpose for each child who's here, each teenager who's here, and he's doing great stuff, and it's pretty awesome. Um, so be encouraged, but also let's help pave the way for them in the church, in our homes, in our families, um, and, and don't, don't put fear in them. Let's, let's give them hope. God is worth it. Jesus is worth it, and, and he is bigger than all of all the stuff that, that's going on in the world. Um, another verse that is common for, for kids we talk about, First Timothy 4.12, don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. Be an example to all believers in what you say and the way you live and your love, your faith, and your purity. We don't, I don't think less of them, right? Like, we can't. Look at how God's working in, in these kids. It's awesome. But they are just as capable and, uh, you know, just as, a ch- just as much a child of God as we are, those of us who've been in faith forever. And God's doing stuff in them, in their schools, in their ho- homes that I'm not doing, and God didn't put me in place to do. So, be encouraged. Uh, we don't need to look down on them. We can encourage them and, and help equip them and build them because they matter right now, not just as adults. They matter right now. Um, and be encouraged, kids. You guys are awesome. God is good, and he's, he's giving you everything you need right now. And you're, you're encouraging us by your example of faith. So what we're going to do, it, it, like in the verse... Jesus placed his his hands on their heads and he blessed them before he left. He said, come. They matter. They matter. In fact, they matter so much, their faith is an example to you as an adult. So we're going to ask that all the students come first. And just, you can face me up here. If if you want to bring your young one up, please feel free to bring up your young one. um, And we'll pray for the little ones as well. But come on up, all of you. It's okay if you uh, are new here. Everyone's welcome. You can come on up. We're going to pray for these students. Uh, If you're a Treehouse Kids teacher or you're a rooted leader in any capacity, you can come on up too and you can stand behind them. Kids, you can just line up right, right across these stairs so I can see all your sweet faces. And you can face us. You don't have to face the audience. You can face me. Too much pressure. Let's look this way, kids. You can look at me. Alex, you can look at me. You can look this way. Eli, you can turn this way. Anthony, you can turn this way so you don't feel pressured. All right, because we're going to just, we're going to pray for you guys. Um, Mrs. Greco Cheryl is going to come up, and she's going to lead us in a time of prayer for the students. And then we're going to have a little time for the teachers because this is a this is a hard time in schools, as you probably know. There's a lot of pressure on the teachers right now, um, and it, it is a mission field, especially for those who are Christ followers. So we want to pray for them as well. So I'm going to give it over to Cheryl. You know, the song the kids sang this morning, the song you guys sang, was written in 2020. Uh, Pastor Steve Furtick was um, just fiddling around with a tune. And he was reading the Aaronic blessing, it's called. It's the blessing God gave for Aaron to give to everyone in Israel. And um, they were working actually on a different song. But Steve Furtick couldn't get this one out of his mind. So they kept working and working on it. And the words of the blessing 
became so poignant to them, so important at that time. Now, I don't know if you guys remember the year, but this song they taught their church for the first time the first week of March. Two weeks later, the COVID pandemic broke out that made all of us stay in our houses and wear masks and do all those horrible things. And the blessing became kind of like our theme song, didn't it? Like everybody was singing it because we just had to know God was for us and he was with us. And that's what we can still do as a church, as, the as this next generation prepares themselves for ministry, wherever they're called, whatever they're doing, it depends on us to pray these blessings over our children every day, whether they're your kids or not. It is our job as this generation to hand down the blessing to the next generation. And here they are before you. So here's my challenge to you before we pray. Tell your stories. Tell them all your God stories. Because that's how they build their faith. To know what God has done in the past is available for them. I know he's doing a new thing. He might not do the same thing in their life. But I'll tell you what, he will do something. There's no way he's not going to do it. So that prayer, that the Lord would bless you and he would keep you, that he'd make his face shine upon you. And Anthony, that he'd be gracious to you and that every time God would look at you, you would feel his peace. Can you imagine what that would be like? We're going to pray that for you today. Would you bow your heads? Father God, standing before you, are these wonderful creations that you have made. You know their every thought. Actually, your word tells us that your thoughts for them are more than the sand on the, on the ocean sea. Lord, I just pray that they would be so aware of just how well you know them. You know if their hair is curly. You know if their hair is straight. You know what they're good at. You know what they need to work on. And the important thing, Lord, is that they would know that they are called for a purpose. Inside each one of them, you have put your gifts that they are going to use to glorify you and to help their fellow man. Because you said the most important commandment is that we love you and love others. So I ask you to help them, no matter what age they are, to just be so aware of the fact that you have made them, you have put them in this generation for such a time as this. So Lord, would you put your blessing over every single young person in our church and beyond? Help them to reach their friends, their teammates, their classmates with this incredible news that there is a creator who loves them and who knows them by name. Let them share their faith, make them bold and courageous. When the world is telling them to be quiet, Help them speak up with grace and with love. Put that deep in their hearts, I pray. And Lord, we commit ourselves as teachers to say, Lord, we do not have all the answers, but we are willing to partner with you and their parents to help raise this next generation with a, such an awareness that you are for us, you are with us, you are around us, and there is no place we can ever go where you're not already there. God, we depend on that. And so we send them out this school year with your blessing. Let them know on those very hard days that everybody else might turn their back on them, but never Jesus. 
never Jesus. And help us as their teachers to have the insight and the wisdom we need to raise each one and guide each one in the way that they should go. Bless every parent and grandparent in the room, Lord. Let them see the investment of their lives into this next generation as the primary purpose for their being. If we are still here and we are still breathing, it is our job to encourage this next generation and tell them our stories of your faithfulness. We love you. We commit our lives to you. And we work to give you all the praise and the honor and glory. For it's to you and for you that we live. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you. All right, guys. You can uh, all go back to your seats. Let's give it up for our kids one more time. Come on. If you don't know, I'm Pastor Dan, and uh, I had the Sunday off. This was great. Um, and I will not preach a second message, I promise. Uh, you know, usually it's hard for me not to preach, but uh, I just want to share this one thing. When, I, when, we, when we set out to start this church, there was, uh, I had an opportunity to meet with somebody who had started churches before, and I really had no idea how to do that, what to do, had been in, you know, pastoral ministry for some time, but didn't know how to start a church, didn't know anything about that, and I, I asked this individual, as pastor, I said, you know, how do I do that, and he said, well, how, how old are your kids right now, and my oldest at that time, uh, Ethan, he was five, and Ethan is now in college, and he said, okay, well, when, when he's 15, when he's 20, I said, what kind of church do you want him to grow up in? What do you want him to know of church, of the things of God, of the people of God, of the family of God? He said, go build that church. And that crystallized a lot in my head. It was like, oh, we wanted to, to create a church. Not that it was our church. This is God's church. But we, we wanted the church to embody those values and characteristics of real faith, that this was a, a faith and, and a group of people that we were sincere in this. We meant it. It wasn't just going through the motions. It wasn't just, hey, let's do church that, you know, we, we check the box. It does all the things. Jesus said, be careful if you honor me with your mouth, but your heart is far from me. He said, mean this. Be sincere. And I think this group did a phenomenal job today communicating that to us, that this is the essence of faith. It's not a show. It's not just for, hey, let's just go out there and we'll put on church. We'll play church for the day. This is not what was happening today. This was worship. And this was truth being declared. And we're not done yet because we're going to go out in just a moment and there's going to be a marketplace. These kids have, have taken time. You're going to see a video in a moment. They've taken time to create things that they're going to sell to you for money. They're going to ask you for, their, for money. And they're going to ask you for lots of it because they're going to give it all away to missions because that's what our kids do. They care not just about themselves but about the world and kids all around this world. And so as you walk out today, you'll see on the right, on, down that right hallway a whole marketplace. We invite you to come that way and, and check it out and get all sorts of good stuff and buy some of that. And uh, our ushers are going to prepare right now. So we've got, we got some, some youth ushers, some kid ushers. They're going to come forward and they're going to uh, prepare to receive our tithes and offerings today. So... Ushers, go get your buckets and come on up in a, in a minute. Yep, we're getting there. All right. And we're going to close. We're going to close. And we're going to watch a video, and then they're going to close with a song. And then after that, we're going to have a picnic. Actually not. It's raining. It's been raining for three days, so we're going to have a picnic. 
That's my, like, my, like that. We're going to pick Inic, so it'll be in the fellowship hall. Everybody's welcome. If you brought something, if you didn't, doesn't matter. we got plenty of food. Hang out for a little while and just grab lunch with us. It's going to be a great time together and, uh, and just be the church together, hang out and encourage one another. Uh, kids, you can come on forward and uh, to receive. And you can pause at the front. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to show a video. And while the video is going, they're going to receive the offerings. Uh, would you would you bow your bow your heads with me as we as we close today? Jesus, we thank you so much, Lord, that we can trust that you're always sincere with us. As Lucas said, you're never going to fake us out. You're never going to try and deceive or manipulate us into doing something. Lord, you are honest with us. You told us that in this life there will be trouble. It wasn't deception, but you promised that you will be with us. You promised that you have overcome the world. Lord, that as we trust you, you guide us. You haven't promised us things that aren't going to be there. You haven't, you haven't sugarcoated anything. We can trust that every promise is fully true and sincere. Lord, help us to be people like that come to you with our doubts, with our questions, with our wrestling, with our brokenness, our joys, our uniqueness, everything. Lord, we just come to you as we are. Know that that's what you, that's success. Success is being sincere. That that's what the wisdom from above looks like. We thank you, Lord, and we thank you for this next generation. Lord, we've prayed for them. We thank you. We ask you to continue to do your blessing and help us to live out real faith in community with each other and in front of the friends and neighbors that live around us, that they know that Lord, we don't have it all together, but we know a God who does, and that's all that matters. We thank you. We commit our tithes and offerings to you today. Take it, what we give. Lord, and would it, would it continue this? Would it continue to support and, and serve your church so that every generation may have the opportunity to grow in relationship with you in community. Because that's how you designed it, that we're to be better together. We thank you. We commit ourselves to you. In your name we pray. Amen. As they receive, would you, would you watch the screens for one final video? Imagine the power of a child or a teenager who discovers how God's heart can be their heart. We believe that every generation is responsible for the mission of the church. And as a church, we work toward instilling a missional worldview in the hearts and the minds of each child and teen that we are privileged to teach. That's why at Lifetree Community Church, we're committed to raising up missions champions through BGMC and Speed the Light. BGMC stands for Boys and Girls Missionary Challenge. And each month, during our children's teaching time, we travel via our imaginations to other countries in the world and learn about their customs and beliefs. As our minds are stretched, our hearts are touched. To touch the mind and the heart without giving in children an opportunity to do something about what they have heard or learned would be unfair. So we give them an opportunity to give to worldwide missions each month. Now, Speed the Light is one of the ways that our teens participate in the Great Commission. We desire to see students who walk with a sense of purpose, recognize that God is with them, He has called them, and that they are placed where they are for a reason, to be on mission in their schools, on their teams, and in every part of their lives. 
All Speed the Light offerings go toward giving our missionaries what they need to get them to the places that they are called to go. Thank you for encouraging our children and teens today by participating in our missions marketplace. Together, we're not only better, but we're helping the next generation to fulfill their part of this great commission.